Advanced Online Teaching We are so lucky to be teaching online. We are practicing skills that would have taken a long time to learn in real life. For example, we don't have to manage disturbances and problems with student behavior. Instead, our focus is on presenting the lesson and engaging our students. With that time, we can accelerate our teaching skills because with online teaching, we don't have to worry about other distractions. But online teaching is in its infancy. As teachers, we should master the basics, learn how to use the software, develop lessons and teach online. As time passes, we should look towards advanced teaching skills and new strategies to engage learners online. In this video, I will share 10 advanced online teaching tips. Number one, planning. Before we start, we've got to take our learners' circumstances into consideration. Do they have access to a computer or phone, a stable internet connection? What are their digital habits? Do they watch YouTube lectures? Do they consume more visual content like Instagram photos? Do they voice or video call their friends? Do they chat via WhatsApp? Find out where they are and create content suitable for them. What is the most effective platform to reach them? The answers to these questions will determine your strategy for the future. Asynchronous or synchronous? If you are in the perfect world where every student has access to a digital device and a stable internet connection, here is what I believe. Use blended learning. Send them information and material before class starts that they can consume on their own. But also do real-time Zoom or Google Meet classes for students to practice hot, higher order thinking skills. For example, every Saturday before my classes start, I send my students a short video explaining what we will do in the next class and what they need to prepare. Vocabulary, grammar and something they should prepare for class. Then, like clockwork, I have weekly classes where we focus on practicing the skills they need. I put them into groups to work together and I can give feedback to make corrections. So, make learning easy and engaging. Give them guidance via short messages, video or audio. Then hold online classes for them to practice valuable skills. Number two. Background and sentence starters. Most students will be nervous and reluctant to answer questions at first. It might be because they need more time to formulate answers or they don't know how to answer. Therefore, we need to help them with training wheels. Give them sentence starters to help explain themselves. These starters you can have on the wall behind you or on your screen if you're using a digital background. I think that, I agree with, I don't believe, I have a question about, I don't understand. Also, there are many new ways to use our backgrounds. Make sure to have some helpful vocabulary on the screen. If you can't do that, then hang it in the background. 
have props. Use whatever is available to you to engage the students. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to be an entertainer, but you have to learn how to be entertaining or capture their attention. Use props, colorful backgrounds, make it fun. Use a topic for the week. If it's travel, have a big Lamborghini as your background. Zoom even has new filters and backgrounds that you can use to make learning fun. Number three, prepare for problems. There will always be issues with technology. Have a backup plan in case the student's computer doesn't work or they have audio problems. If your mic explodes, whatever can happen most likely will. Send a list of online procedures to the students before their first class. They will have less anxiety if they know exactly what to do if there are any technical problems during class. In the first days of school, Harry Wong explains that every teacher should teach their students the rules and procedures for class. Successful classrooms are those where students know exactly what is expected of them and how to do it. Now that we are moving into online classes, that principle has not changed. Tell your students what to prepare, how to join class, what they should do in discussions. If their technology fails, how can they get into contact with you or get information from their classmates? If their sound goes off, what do they do? If they get disconnected, how can they rejoin? How students can get in touch with you and each other if they are doing group projects. The most important thing about online classes is being able to reach your students as quickly and effectively as possible. Most teachers communicate via LMS, Google Classroom, ClassDojo or email. I prefer using a messaging app like WhatsApp because I know that 100% of my students have it and regularly check it. I can send them messages, voice notes, video and I know that they will all read it within an hour. They can also send me questions that I'll get immediately and reply quickly. That's way better than having to send a long email just to answer a short question. Explain the procedures in class with your main activities and how to submit homework. Number four, students as the original creators. Engaging learners and keeping their attention is the primary duty of online teachers. The best way to do that is by making them the focus of your lessons. Their lives, likes, stories should all be the driving force behind your content. Stop trying to teach them from a book or using your own experiences to push the lessons. Get your students to share something of themselves at the start of every lesson as a warm-up. In your weekly video or pre-class message, ask them to prepare something. Find a photo from their weekend, their pets, places they want to go in the future, past trips, memories, birthday presents, parties, a photo with their best friends. If they don't have photos, ask them to draw a picture. If your topic is animal, let them draw their favorite. Try and link it to the topic or the theme from that week's class. Otherwise, do a show and tell. Bring something from home. The greatest advantage of students learning from home is that they can share stuff from their homes. 
We can't do that in class. But now, they can provide content for the lessons. They bring the connections to their lives. Before every class, first think to yourself, how can my students share something from their own lives to add to what I'm trying to teach them in the lesson? They can discuss it with their friends and they can ask questions and explain more about what is happening in their lives. Number five, get the students to master the platform. If you are using Zoom, Meet, Skype or any other platform, you remain limited if you and your learners do not know how to effectively use it. Don't be boring and send them a how-to video or translated text if you're teaching English. Get them to engage with the platform by playing competitive games and thereby also learning how the, all the functions work. How do you do that? I play games called Pickers. Whenever I want to pick students to do a demonstration or decide the order in which they have to do a dialogue, I play a game with them. If I want to teach them how to use the whiteboard function on Zoom, for example, I open up the whiteboard, allow annotations and tell them. The first 10 people that write their names down are exempt from doing the dialogue. They rush to figure it out. All the students trying to write down their names and eventually they figure it out. I do the same with messaging. Send me a public message with what number you want to do your presentation. Send me a private message with your name. They can also learn how to do the react functions. The last four people to show me a thumbs up have to answer the questions. Students have fun and you get a way to control the class by being the leader. By playing these games, they can become more competent at using the app. Get them to practice using the whiteboard to save their content. Number six, the 3P model. We all know the 3P model for teaching and learning by John Biggs. Present, process, product. Present is teaching and lecturing, process is learning focused activities, and product is achieving outcomes by using learned skills. This is especially common in online courses, where the predominant model is to consume content and then discuss the information afterward. However, at some point we want the students to engage in meaningful projects. We want them to be problem solvers, creators and designers. In other words, we want students to develop a maker mindset. I usually do it by explaining a topic, giving an example of the topic, then put them with a partner and tell them to read practice dialogue. After that, create their own dialogue using what they've learned. But that's not where I finish. I bring them back and rearrange them into new groups in which they have to produce something new. They have to make a dialogue, a company, an invention, a play. Use whatever they've learned to make a small movie using famous characters, for example. So many ideas for them to produce something new with what they've just learned. Build exercises where students can be creative. Online classes should not be boring lectures by teachers. They should focus on helping the students develop critical skills, not a boring way of going over the curriculum. Number seven, asynchronous learning. 
Before, I mentioned that students can interact with content in different ways. You give example content and then they make their own creation. Then they make a movie using famous characters. This is a great way for students to be more creative and not as shy. When they act out a dialogue or a fun scene playing a made up or famous character, let them have fun with it. They can act it out on camera and if they are able to meet a friend, let them record it as homework. Ask the students to record audio files for homework or let them take a video of them acting it out with family members or a doll. Students can learn asynchronously. Technology has improved enough for them to use their phones for everything. Get them used to recording themselves. This idea that we should be shy in front of cameras is a thing of the past. You can set up discussion forums, give them questions for homework that they have to practice with a partner. Let them record it on audio or video as evidence. In the digital age, they should have to perform something outside to show off their skills. If they are young, get their parents involved. Let them take a video repeating words of objects in the house. Record audio of them saying five sentences. Record them saying something on their own. This is a fantastic way for us as teachers to embrace technology and use it to promote learning. This will help students bridge the gap between lessons and real life. Number eight, have a weekly theme. For young learners, it could be animals, sports, the weekend, food, pirates. Zoom actually has new functions which include filters. Use them to make class fun, but don't let it get out of control. If you think that this is limited to young learners, you are wrong. Adults and older students also like to liven things up. If your students are unable to use filters, ask them to draw a picture of that and hang it behind them. This links up with students being original creators. Let them draw pictures of themselves or whatever the topic is that week. Incorporate world travel themed lessons. Let them add interesting and clever cultural details from other countries, yours, theirs, maybe a third one altogether to improve a boring standard issue lessons. Let's say, for example, we're doing a lesson on China. You might play some Chinese music in the background. Theme lessons around things like Chinese food. You can even let them do their favorite Kung Fu pose, then take a class photo with share screen. You can dress up like a character from a show and they have to guess who you are. These are all ideas on how to improve your classes to make them more fun. Number nine, evidence of learning. More and more, we have to provide evidence of our classes. This isn't so bad once you figure it out. When students are in groups, pick a group leader and while they discuss something or practice a skill, the leader should make notes about what they are doing. This is especially useful when you're using breakout rooms in Zoom where groups are separated. When writing dialogue, remind them not to type out whole sentences. You want students to practice using a script and then create their own using the vocabulary from that. A common mistake many students make is to write out the whole script. 
This is a massive error because instead of practicing their speaking, they are reading everything which has no value whatsoever. The reason they do this is because they fear making mistakes, which says a lot of the culture in the classroom. Language classrooms need to be places where students feel safe to make mistakes and students are predominantly doing most of the speaking. Actually, I encourage mistakes in my classroom. Do not let them read from scripts. They might write down a couple of words to remember the order, but not much more. When they report back to class, they can share their whiteboard. This keeps them accountable inside their breakout rooms. How can a teacher show that learning has happened in their online classes? Some teachers record their whole classes, but in my experience, this is too much. Rather save the class preview and make notes on every class that you've done. Also, you can have a simple checklist of what objectives the students have to achieve during the lesson. When you plan your curriculum, write these out for every lesson. When you send the students your weekly preview, you can add this checklist too. That way they know exactly what is expected of them during the lesson and what they need to achieve. Save these checklists on LMS or in class reports in case admin wants to look at it. And finally, number 10, the structure of lessons. With remote learning, the faculty role changes from a lecturer to more of a coach or mentor. Learners are expected to take more active roles, accepting more responsibility for their own learning. The major mistake most teachers make in this new era of online teaching is that they have devolved from group learning to a lecture mode where they talk the whole time. This fear of online teaching has made education regress to a type of class where the teacher does all the talking instead of where the students do most of the activities. Do not go back to that outdated way of teaching. Just because the platform changes doesn't mean you have to. Master the platform, build engaging lessons to target your learners and evaluate them by incorporating new technology. That's it. Things are new and scary. So to combat this, we should build routines that students will find comforting. Just like your routine in class, you should have routines for online as well. Let me show you the routine for my classes. You don't have to do the same, but build your own set routine that students understand and can trust. So what I do is first I have an introduction. When the students come in, I ask them questions. I greet them. Then I do roll call. After that, I introduce the warm-up activity. Then I put them with a partner or groups to do their warm-up conversations in breakout groups. Remind them to take notes so they can show it to the class. Once they're done with that, they come back to the main class and we play a picker game to decide who will give feedback because Usually the classes are too big and you can't ask everyone to contribute. You have to pick some students. That's why we play the picker game. We talked about the picker games before. They can send their names in a message. They can write it on the whiteboard. They can do a reaction like a thumbs up. You can ask them a riddle and they have to send you the correct answer. They have to do a yoga pose and see who does the best one.
find something in their room that is red and the first students that bring back something red, they win. Once that's done, I have the lecture part. That's where I share the digital version of the book and I explain everything. I go through the work and I ask them to read sections from the book, I ask them some questions and I explain some grammar and vocabulary that they might not know. Remember to engage your students during the lecture part. After that, we practice a few things from the book. Once we finish that section, I put them with a partner to practice something or in a group for group activity. This activity is the most important part because this is where they're going to practice what they've learned. This is what online teaching is about. Putting your students with a partner or in groups to practice their skills. Once they come back, we pick some pairs to do it in front of class. Finally, review what you've done in that lesson. Go over what they've learned and make sure to have a final mom point. What is a mom point? Students have to be able to explain to their parents what they have learned or done in class. By doing that, they can see the value of what they've learned during class and they can explain it much better. Let them practice it before they leave. If you want some more tips, ideas or resources for your classes, go ahead and watch the next video.